Welcome to the 76th episode of the Youth Out Sports Podcast. This is our post-NFL draft episode, which the last time we did a post-NFL draft episode, it was our 23rd episode. So we've come like super far. It's pretty crazy. I'm joined by the the same cast from that 23rd episode, uh, myself, Jared, obviously, and Aiden, Bart, Wyatt, and Lucas. We got, like I said, we got a, a jam-packed episode of drafts. Before before you get into it, though, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sport. Get that TikTok follow, you know. I'm not sure what the what we look like on TikTok yet, but follow us anyway. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do some good stuff on there anyway well let's go into the i'll tell you that (laughs) let's go into the news we missed that we aren't going to be talking about in depth as we start most episodes uh our mock draft was absolutely terrible uh i think we got including trevor lawrence and zach wilson i think we got like five picks right potentially (laughs) that's not that's honestly not horrific that is that is is horrific (laughs) i mean there was a lot of movement in this draft to be fair but we got the highlight was aiden picking trey lance of the 49ers after that whole (laughs) at the the third pick my my, my sources were right what can i say Um, then then we got jamar chase at number five and then like the bill whoever the bills drafted i think we got that too it was pretty gregory rousseau right yeah gregory rousseau Uh, so uh another funny nfl draft thing uh on the day on day three of the draft mel kuyper was pushing todd mcshay's buttons and todd was getting visibly annoyed it was it was really funny to watch like some some great television um another another great television apparently mac jones's walk up to the stage became a meme because he walked super confidently yeah i didn't really i didn't really like see anything no he was high stepping it was it? It looked like pretty normal. His body movement was weird to me. Like he was just like. A lot of people don't hate on Mac Jones. No, it looked right kind of doofy. Also, it he, was him like, and yeah, no, but like him and Roger Goodell had a moment too. Like that was a long <laughs> hug. It was like it was, it was uncomfortable. Like, oh, sorry. It was like the weird thing about it, it was like it's like he had like trained to be in the army, but had not learned the tightness of it, and it was just sort of like army walking, but like with a really wide stance. Like, that's my <laughs> okay. impression of it. Someone said yeah. it looked. Like like he just got rejected by all the sharks on shark tank that like famous walk back <laughs> yeah i was gonna read off a couple things i saw it was like uh when the principal needs to break up a fight in the cafeteria was one of them i think another one was like a mom bringing her starbucks order back or something like that probably my fun my favorite one was the <laughs> The branch manager coming to deny you a small business loan. <laughs> that one was really funny. I was like, very specific. Um, it, it, to be fair though, he did know exactly where to go, and like he like went and grabbed the hat like in full stride. It was crazy. He rocked it. Do you think he was gonna aimlessly wander through this? No, no, no. Like Zach Wilson. When Zach Wilson did it, he was like kind of waiting and like, oh, okay, grab the hat. Mac Jones just walked up, grabbed the hat like in stride, put it on. Started high fiving. It was crazy. I, don't know. I mean, yeah, I come on. If if he had been picked number one, he wouldn't have had that privilege. You know, it's like part That's of true. the thing. Pick 15. well, Zach Wilson. You know, he had seen him do it. He, yeah, he watched fourteen yeah. other people oh walk across. No, 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 but Trevor Lawrence was at home. Zach Wilson was the first okay. That's true. Walking on right. the stage. That's true. You're right. Yeah. My Jets Thank you. <laughs> oh my I know I have Lucas. Lucas has my back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, some big basketball news we missed. Uh, Jason Tatum dropped 60 last Friday in uh, a pretty epic game, uh, which was fun to watch. I think that was the game where they were getting booed off the court at halftime too, right? Am I right mm-hmm. on that one? Yeah. Oof. They were that they were down by a lot. 
They done like uh, did, thirty something to this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, did anybody watch Marvel's Arena of Heroes Warriors Pelicans on Monday? Did anybody watch? I watched some highlights of it the next day when I remembered that it had happened after I looked at this outline. <laughs> How was it? Who won? Who won the uh, the Marvel Dray- Heroes? Draymond did, I think. By by one what? point. By one hero point. Draymond is <laughs> He's a hero. He's efficient. They finally found some stat line that makes Draymond look good. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I want that to be like the next PER, like the, the whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marvel hero points. I mean, it's like a super simplified game score that kind of already exists. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, more basketball news. Now, now that LeBron James is in a scenario to potentially play in the playing game, he hates it. I'm not sure you've ever said he liked it before, but he said whoever came up with that. He, he did say he fired. liked it before. No, did he? He, did said, he, he, said, okay. it, he said no, 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 no. That was taken out of context in the screenshots. If you actually read okay. the articles, he said it last year. It's like because we had the break in the season and the shortened season, it makes sense to have something like this. Not as not as an independent idea as a whole, but in the specific context. Our, our I was fooled too. I, I was fooled as well. So. <laughs> Steph Curry should come out and be like, "I love the plan turn idea." Or so, like somebody, somebody on the fringe or something should come out and say that. I think it'd be funny. And then the last major NFL news that we won't really be talking about too in depth. Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. I mean, I feel like we've been hearing about this for like two years now, but I guess now it's official. Uh, honestly, it's it was fun the first time. It's old now. Like we've had like four major quarterbacks this summer be like I'm or this winter be like I'm out. And I don't know. Aaron Rodgers does have a point. I mean, the Bears told Andy Dalton that they were going to draft Justin Fields, but the Packers apparently never tell Aaron Rodgers anything, which I think is pretty sus. So. He does have some gripes, but I'm I'm tired yeah. of it. I'm tired of it. <laughs> over it. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into the draft. We'll start from the top. As expected, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson were drafted number one and number two to the Jaguars and Jets, respectively. Part of the deal, obviously, of being a top draft pick is that you are joining a very terrible team. So, Aiden, now that we've seen both teams' drafts, both the Jaguars and Jets, which quarterback has a taller task ahead of them? And do you think either team did enough to set their quarterback up for success next season? Yeah, they both like actually invested in their young quarterbacks, which is you know nice to see. Like the Jags took um, took Travis Etienne at the in the end of the first round. They took Walker Little and O Lyman in the second round. Um, they're trying out Tim Tebow at tight end, so <laughs> other other exciting weapons are are coming for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and the Jets definitely did. I'm hoping that the Jets learn from. Sam Darnold, which we'll we'll see this year if Sam on his, you know, with, you know, maybe some, you know, competent um offense, like can do something. I don't know if the Panthers count as competent, but probably more so than the the Jets under Adam Gase. Um, but the Jets really did go all in on offense. I think it was the first time that they'd taken um like offense with their first like four picks, like ever, I believe. Mm. Um and they traded up in the first round to get an alignment and Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, they got Elijah Moore in the second round from Ole Miss, who's a like um, great receiver. And then they picked up Michael Carter in the fourth round, one of, one of two Michael Carters. Um, averaged <laughs> He averaged eight yards a carry last year, which I remember Notre Dame playing them, and mm-hmm. I feel like he was good. But that's mm-hmm. absolutely wild. Um, and so, yeah, I think they both like actually tried to set their quarterbacks up for success, but they're both going to have tall tasks, especially Trevor Lawrence. I, th- I think the Jags are pretty pretty lowly at the moment and so i think the biggest threat to trevor's rookie of the year campaign is you know his team going three and 
what is it going to be now? 15? I have to re- reorient 14? <laughs> 3 and 14, yeah. yeah. 14. Um, um, so I think that's that's the biggest thing in the way for Trevor. I think that the Jets obviously still have a like, not great team behind them, um, but I do think the Jets are a bit more talented than the Jags. Yeah, and I think even if you just look at like the trajectories of each team last season as the year went on, like I think the way in which the Jags just were like, they were 1-0, and right? Yeah. And then they were like, I remember there were a bunch of like tweets that were like, just the first one, and then they yeah. lost the next fifteen games. And but like, it was, that was clear that. Yeah, that was Jared like, Tate actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MVP, yeah. yeah. And like their defense was horrific, and I know that they helped uh, Lawrence in a bunch of ways, like with the linemen and with DTN. But like, they didn't improve that much yeah. their defense. Oh, they used one of only their first four picks on a defensive player, which like obviously like you're not going to use that first pick on anybody but Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I like the ETN pick and them reuniting, like I don't think it necessarily filled a need. Actually, I don't even like it. I don't know why I yeah. thought <laughs> <it was> that. <laughs> I don't. I think that that should have been, um, you know, something to fit the defense. So I think like the team was on a downward slope. So it's like more so pull, pulling yourself out of a skid, and they didn't do as much as they could have. Whereas. The Jets were, like, on the upward trajectory towards the end of the season. Like, obviously, they yeah. were not good. Yeah. But they were getting better as the season went on. You could see them building talent and sort of continuity. Um, and then I think that they did a much better job of, like, drafting for need in that draft as well. And in a way that also helped Zach Wilson succeed. Yeah. yeah. I also feel like they drafted in the right order in terms yeah. of positions where, like, yeah. the Jags went skill positions first, yeah. right? And then the Jets went get your quarterback, then protect him. Mm-hmm. And they got Mekhi Becton already, too. And then get him some weapons. And Elijah Moore, I think, is going to yeah, be great. Yeah. really good. Like eight touchdowns in eight games, almost twelve hundred receiving yards. Like with, yeah. you know, a subpar quarterback. Like if he had like a, a pretty legit SEC guy thrown to him, like Kyle Trask or like Joe Burrow or something like that, I think his yeah. numbers would have been pretty off the charts. <laughs> so, I'm excited about the Jets. What the Jets picked. Too, yeah. A lot of people so. liked their draft as well. Yeah. I did too, and they did have a better draft, but I think the reality is that they're in a way harder division than the Jaguars are, because at least the Jaguars are going against some, other than the Colts, uh, some teams that are still trying to figure it out. I mean, uh, the 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 Jets, yeah, the Titans, Titans but but I mean, they're not going to be necessarily battling for, uh, or they're not going to exactly be like a clear-cut fourth-place team in their division, Mm -hmm. because the Texans might be worse. Uh, and I think that the Jets, you know, they're going to have to go against some of the best defensive minds, even though if they have Robert Sala, they're going against Sean McDermott and Bill Belichick and Brian Flores, all with a rookie quarterback. It's going to be an uphill battle. And I, I think that they're in a better position, maybe down the road. But as far as like right now, I, I would bet that the Jaguars have a better season. But I'm also not just sort of like. I'm I'm not convinced on Urban Meyer as an NFL coach either. Like, well, I mean, like we a, yeah, we haven't seen him do anything yet. You know, yeah, I get. Yeah, it, but, but also the whole like, just the, the whole like, I hate free agency type or whatever it was. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's just something about that like just seems like he's not well adapted for the yeah. game. And I don't know, like, when's the last time we've like seen a coach go from college to the NFL and have like resounding success outside of Harbaugh? Like, I just don't think it's like that. Pete Carroll probably. No, that's fair. I mean, Matt Rule, I feel like, is going to do well. He just needs to get, like, a good team as well Yeah, with the Panthers. But Okay. Maybe I'll retract that a little bit about the college NFL thing. But I just don't know. Like, I'm I'm just not sold on Urban Meyer as, like, the coach there. I just don't. I. It's just, like, a bad situation. 
and like I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that will like because he's never really he ha- he hasn't in a while had like coach from the bottom you know like he took over good teams mm-hmm. and made them even better or kept them good like I don't know, he he hasn't had like like a a lowly quote unquote lowly job since he was probably at Utah. Yeah, I feel like one thing that helps him though is that they're like, we have Trevor Lawrence. Right. Like where when he was yeah. re- when he was recruiting. It's definitely why he signed up. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Like when he was recruiting at Ohio State or whatever or Florida, I'd be yeah. like, we're Florida, we're Ohio State. The NFL like comparison is we have Trevor Lawrence essentially. I think yeah. I think that's like kind of a nice. That's got to be enticing for especially offensive players like receivers and stuff like that. That's got to be enticing to play with. Yeah. It's in Florida too. I don't know. It's like it's like a decent market. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think. Duval yeah. County. <laughs> yeah, I struggle to separate my like dislike of Urban Meyer from like mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I kinda want him to fail. Um Really? So, why why yeah. do you not what's the reason you dislike him? I don't know. I've never liked his like, you know, kind of swag and he had he had a bunch <laughs> of stuff kind of behind the scenes that wasn't particularly great at Ohio State, right? So yeah, he did have I feel like stuff. and Florida. I, yeah, so yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um so I feel like I'm kind of rooting against him and that's why like I <laughs> I'm not sure how he'll do as an NFL coach, but I, I kinda um, like low key want to see him not do well. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm definitely rooting for him, I would say. I, I like seeing college quarter uh, college coaches go into the NFL personally. Mm-hmm. So for that reason I'm I'm definitely rooting yeah. for him. Yeah. But Okay, cool. Let's let's move on then to the to the next three <clears throat> quarterbacks. Obviously, you know, Aiden with looked into his uh, glass ball, saw Trey Lance go, got drafted by the 49ers yeah. at number three. The Bears trade up to the 11th spot to draft Justin Fields, and then the Patriots get the guy they wanted all along, apparently, Mac Jones, without having to give up anything at number 15. So, Wyatt, uh, just, just unpack this for us. Rank the fits, maybe, like who got the best situation. Mm-hmm. What's kind of your takeaways? Uh, I'm along with maybe the more common thinking that whoever went to the 49ers was going to be in the best position to win. And I think that Trey Lance is clearly, to me, in the best position to win. He doesn't actually even have to play right now because it looks like they're going to keep Jimmy G. I thought he was going to get traded over draft weekend. But they say he's a smart guy and that he's going to be able to stick around. Uh, As far as two to three go... For my number two spot, I'm actually going to go with Mac Jones over Justin Whoa. Fields. Really? Uh, I think Justin Fields is a great QB talent, as you probably have heard on the show. But uh, the Bears just feel like a really lame duck franchise at the moment with their current front office and head coach. And until <laughs> they kind of get rid of Ryan Pace and that. Matt Nagy, mm. they might just kind of be stuck in this rut where they're just hoping. But, I mean, I don't know if anybody actually believes in them in that organization right now. Matt, Mac Jones, at least, is coming into a seamless head coaching transition transition from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick. They're almost pra- – I mean, they're good friends, but they're almost practically the same person, you could say. If, if there was a college version of Bill Belichick, it would be Nick Saban and vice versa. And uh, yeah. it's a pretty decent cast of weapons after this offseason. So I don't think Mac G- Jones is going to be the next coming of football Jesus or Tom Brady, but Bill and Josh McDaniels clearly have a type that they like, and they – might be able to use him in the same way they use Brady. I don't I don't know. I'm skeptical. I'm pretty skeptical of Mac Jones. I'm not rooting against him or anything, but like sure the weapons might have like helped might might be better, but like he was he was throwing to like four first round draft picks, something like mm-hmm. that. At least th- two this year at least that I can think of off the top of my head. Right? And then the best like some of the best protection and and like throwing to wide open guys. 
where like what even like Cam, a former NFL MVP, like really struggled last year. I'm not like sold on. I'm not sold on the Patriots' genius anymore, especially after seeing <laughs> Tom Brady like seeing Tom Brady succeed with the Bucks in literally the very first year, and seeing what the you know the Patriots didn't implode, but I'm not sold on like their genius to be honest anymore. I, uh, I'm not sure. I, Go ahead, Bart. I think I would say that it's actually a, an argument in favor of the Patriots, the fact that they still managed to go 500 last year despite having one of like the worst rosters in the NFL. They did not have a good team. But that's Bill's fault then. I mean. <laughs> right? If they have the worst ro- roster. I mean, okay, t- sort of, I guess. But at the same time, I think it speaks to the fact that this year they're going to be better than people think. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with which one of them – went to the best situation, but I'm, I'm just, I want to push back on that a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm still pretty high on Bill Belichick as a coach. And I agree that them getting Mac Jones is kind of like what they wanted to do with Tom Brady. Obviously six round pick versus first is much different, but. Right. But they didn't, well, think... but they didn't trade up. And I think the big conversation mm-hmm. about Mac Jones was whether or not he was worth the number three overall pick. Yeah. If you talk about him at the number 15 mm-hmm. overall pick, it's a good value. They didn't trade up for him. They stayed put. He fell right into their lap. I mean, I know it's not a six-round pick in Tom Brady, but it's still really good value and lower yeah, I, expectations. Yeah. I think I'm still, to some extent with Jared on this, that I'm not sold on Mac Jones as, like, this outstanding talent. Like, again, I'm not, like, super rooting for him to fail but like or anything like that, but I just don't, like... His task was so simple last year in Alabama. Like, it was just, like, get it to playmakers in space. And, like, not that but, anybody could do that, but, like, I just, like... Uh, the what I will say though is that I saw some tweets about this and some like articles, and I think I agree that like I'm not sold on Mac Jones as being a great NFL quarterback, but if he was going to succeed anywhere, it would be at the Patriots. Like I think that is the absolute perfect situation for him to be in because they're used to like like obviously he's no Tom Brady as we mentioned before, but it's like as people have alluded to before, it's the similar type of like play style that will fit that fit Tom Brady will fit Mac Jones. So I think it's like a nice sort of like him sliding in there. Whereas, like, on another team, he might be asked to do more and not be good at it. I think he can very effectively do what the Patriots want him to do. But, I mean, as far as, like, his criticism of being, of throwing to only playmakers, I mean, what else do you want him to do? He he went to a uh, big school, and they put talent around him. And the Patriots might do the same. And I know that, um, Jared, you're not impressed with their roster or anything like that. But they had the most amount of opt-outs, and they sold out for Tom Brady. So who, who said to say that they're not going to sell out? for Mac Jones and put talent around him in the same way. Well, the opt-outs were all on defense and that was, that was like their strong suit. The offense was the problem last year. Right. So I don't know if the opt-outs like really affected the, I think the it is, spots where I they didn't do your, well. Your key uh, defensive players opting out is a pretty big, uh, you know, factor for as far as a winning record goes. No. Okay. That's fair. I, Bart, go ahead. Uh, no, I just I was gonna say I do think it's interesting that it seems like none of them will. I mean, Fields, I think has the best shot of starting first, He's but it would be interesting that. if all three of them sit behind a, a guy to learn for a year or two. Because you know how I feel about that, how much that helps a quarterback, how much that helps his odds of succeeding. Uh, and I think like Mac Jones getting to sit and learn from Bill Belichick slash Cam is great. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields, I mean, I don't know if Matt Nagy and like. Um, Andy Dalton, their quarterback, like geniuses by any extent, but Fields is probably the most NFL ready anyway. Uh, and then Trey Lance getting to learn from Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G is also <coughs> in a great situation. So I think in that sense, they're all going to be really well off. 
yeah i do think like i think some of those situations where they sit though like this isn't like a um i feel like an aaron Rodgers like far case like in the case of like jimmy g and trey lance like i feel like as soon as you know if jimmy g does stick with the team and you know has a bad week you know there are going to be calls for like trey lance to come in for example and i feel like there's gonna be a lot of tension between those two or could be and so i feel like that could hurt the situation Whereas, like, a Justin Fields situation, you have an Andy Dalton who's, like, well past his prime, you know? Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm sure he's still fighting for, you know, the starting spot and stuff, but I would imagine that he kind of gets more that, you know, Justin Fields is going to be the one to, you know, take this team into the future. Um, so I, I do worry about the the Trey Lance situation from that perspective a bit. Because Jimmy G's still, like, how old? Like, 28, 29? Like, he's should be, like, kind of in his prime. Um but I do think there's definitely a possibility that he'll be, you know, shipped off soon anyway. But I, yeah. I would say Treylance is the one who needs it the most, though, right? Because he's so raw. That's yeah, why it's interesting. He does. I love how Shanahan doesn't too, rush him into yeah. it. Yeah. I think you're right. People probably will clamor for it. But Funny enough, the 49ers would say Trey Lance was the most pro-ready quarterback out of all of them, which is why yeah. they drafted him. Dude, which is contrary to everything that we've ever heard about <laughs> Trey Lance so far. Yeah. You know. It, it yeah. does feel like everybody kind of went to like the right situation though, like mm-hmm. like Justin Fields kind of staying in like the Big Ten country, I guess. Mac Jones going to the Patriots, yeah. which by the way, the only reason that everybody's like, oh, Mac Jones is a Patriot, is because he wasn't the most athletic in his class and he played for Nixon. You know, you know what? Right? I tell you what. That's why I, they said. <laughs> I hope he is successful, so that way we can put a different picture of an unathletic quarterback on draft day, other than Tom Brady. So they can show that shirtless picture of Mac Jones with a cigar, and we can finally retire the picture of Tom Brady on draft day. All right, so that's the question. So uh, for the rest of the group, <laughs> Jared, we lost you. Did it even make sense for the 49ers to train up from 12 to 3 if they were just going to grab Trey Lance anyway? Or do you guys think that maybe they could have stayed pat at 12 and he would have fallen there? No, I am, I'm mad about this. I think it's stupid. I don't think the 49ers are getting enough hate for it because the trade happened like a month and a half ago at this point, I guess. But like, I'm not sure if Trey Lance would have been available at 12, um, but Mac Jones certainly would have been. Um, and from, again, who knows what they were thinking, but it's it sounds like they were pretty close on those two. And I'm not convinced that Trey Lance wouldn't have been available like in, like at nine or 10 or something. I don't think they needed to trade up to three. I'm just confused why... I feel like you trade up to that spot if you have your mind set on someone. And I'm not convinced that they had their mind set on someone. Um, and I think they kind of just overreacted to the like QB rush and were like kind of panicking um, and went all out for it. I mean, they gave up three first round picks for that. Obviously, they got one back, but um, and a third rounder. Like, that's a big haul for potentially no actual gain there. I, I'm convinced that the there was like an intentional media smoke screen happening around that because you're right. It, it seems like they weren't convinced, yeah. but I, I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense if they weren't. I, I feel like it was deliberate. They were just trying to confuse teams and maybe – I do remember reading that they thought about and they tried to trade back again after they were at three, which would have really been strange. <laughs> right, that would have But, that yeah, hilarious. I think they must have known that they really liked but, Lance, and that's what if- they happened. Like, if they did really like Trey Lance, like, I guess they thought, like, maybe the Falcons would take him. Was that the problem? Like, why were they so so convinced that Trey Lance was going to go three? Because I feel like at that point, I still assumed Justin Fields was going at three or it was going to be the third quarterback taken, you know? I think they just wanted peace of mind. I mean, Ooh. right? You don't know. Like, you don't know if you're going to be able to get yeah. 
a, a draft day trade done. Like, oh, is yeah. he going to fall to us? So they're just like, you know what? We need a new quarterback. We're yeah. just going to put ourselves in a position to take whoever's left after Trevor Lawrence. And I guess I don't know if Zach Wilson was really like the number two guy yet. Yeah, that's that happened question. like on his pro day, I think, is when the trade yeah. happened. And then and then he knocked all the, the hype train <laughs> taken off. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they must have liked two guys past Trevor Lawrence at least. Really, like maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, but I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> but by the way, this I don't know if you guys talked about this, but the whole draft process, analysts completely outsmarted themselves and just like made a bunch of narratives up about Justin Fields. That's uh, all I'm gonna say. Like I, I know I kind of crapped on him when he was playing on Ohio State, but then when I saw him falling, I was I actually started getting kind of mad. Like yeah, people saying that Justin Fields has the lowest floor, they literally were pulling that out of nowhere. Mac yeah, Jones threw no two picks six. Mac Jones threw two pick sixes against Auburn one time. That's a pretty low floor, I think. And also, though, saying <laughs> that Mac Jones isn't athletic, I kind of cut out on the Zoom call for for those listening. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you already covered this, but saying Mac Jones isn't athletic or mobile is completely wrong. He ran a four six. Hmm? They yeah. just went with the narrative that like an athletic quarterback <laughs> okay. is raw, and like a pass uh, like a less athletic like pocket passer is like cerebral and like. I don't know. They just they like, do, pulled that narrative. They have there. buzzwords they have to throw out there when they talk about certain exactly. guys. Exactly. <laughs> what about? Did you guys ask this of all the quarterbacks? Who would you pick to be rookie of the year? No. Who would you pick to be rookie of the year? Justin Fields. <laughs> I know I said he was yeah, in the I worst agree. situation, but I, I think that he's it. probably yeah. you know when you're in a situation like let's say like uh, I don't think Justin Herbert in the Chargers was the worst situation, but he had to kind of overcome some offensive line issues and i think that maybe the justin fields and the bears will have to overcome like some sort of storyline or drama and i think that adds a little bit he's gonna put up good numbers but i think it adds more to the narrative of rookie of the year was when you have to like like uh baker mayfield and the browns like they were so bad and all of a sudden now they're good you kind of have to build up on that you know yeah yeah also i think that the bears are gonna be the closest to contending of a team with the rookie starting quarterback or the most interesting team in terms of Mm -hmm. like potentially being in the playoff race because the jaguars aren't gonna be in the playoff race i can say that i think pretty confidently i don't think the jets really will be um and i think that's gonna be it in terms of starting like starting rookie quarterbacks i think justin fields will end up starting for most of the season like maybe davis mills with uh um uh in houston might actually be the the fourth um, but I think Justin Fields will might have like the most attention around him because his team might actually be like solid, um, and I think he's going to be pretty good. So I would definitely take the field over Trevor Lawrence, though. Even though I'm sure Trevor Lawrence has a very good shot at it, I would take the field. What about the quarterback most likely to win a Super Bowl first? With a new yes. head coach, Justin Fields. Mm. <laughs> I think with a new head coach? or at least with a new general manager. Justin I think Fields is in like a really good situation. Not a really good situation, but like a like the, like I think Aiden said the best of the situations. Like the Bears made the playoffs last year. Like are they like this like excellent great team? No, but their I mean their weakness last year was largely at quarterback and on offense, and Fields helps that a lot. So. I mean, like, I don't think any of them are within at least the next three years, probably, like, strong Super Bowl contending quarterbacks. But, like, if I had to put my money on one happening soonish, like, Fields is, I think, playing for the best team yeah. of any of those teams, at least based on last year's performance. Well, certainly one of the better defenses. I just, yeah. I do not believe in Ryan Pace at all. 
as far as his, his ability to put together a team. They had to cut um, one of the Fuller brothers. I think it was Kyle Fuller uh, because they just didn't have enough cap space for him. And I think before the draft, if I remember correctly, they had like $400,000 in cap space. I don't know how they've managed to just completely <laughs> tie themselves like this, but they just – they don't – they haven't really exactly put themselves in a position to get much better – so they need to like some sort of capologist or something to come in and clean them up. <laughs> clean house, yeah. Capologist. So we're moving on to a little bit of fill in the blank. Some fun little stories we got going on here. Number one, Adam, I'm going to ask you first. The Falcons, Panthers, and Broncos all pass on drafting a first-round QB. Blank will regret passing on a first-round QB the most. I think it's the Panthers, and I, I hate to always rag on oh. Sammy D. Um, but I think that the, the Broncos have Teddy Bridgewater, who is a solid QB, um, and they seem like they might potentially be in the chase for Aaron Rodgers, though who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, I think the Falcons ha- like may be interesting on offense still with Matt Ryan. Like Matt Ryan had a pretty good year last year, um, and he's going to have Kyle Pitts. Like I think it's, you know, um, I think there's the potential that the Falcons could still be have a good offense the next year or two. Though if they trade away Julio Jones, that that would hurt a bit. I think the Panthers are just, I think they're buying a year with Sam Darnold. Um, there are a lot of people who seem to still believe in him. Like Mel Kuyper, for one, seems to be very much on the like, give him another chance boat. I'm pretty convinced the Panthers will be back in the same pick range next year, um, potentially lower, and just take a QB then. Um, and whether that's the worst thing, I don't know. But the fact that like Justin Fields was available then, um, I don't know. I, like, I feel like that's kind of, that was a tough one to pass on, I think. Right. Why? What do you think? And But I, I think at the very least, I'm not the biggest Sam Darnold fan, but the Panthers mm-hmm. at least have a young quarterback that gives them hope going into the yeah. season where maybe That's they can fair. be good. And I would say that the Broncos don't. So my right. fill in the blank is that the Broncos are going to regret passing on Justin Fields uh, mm-hmm. or or Mac Jones at this spot because, yeah. uh, it, one, it would have been great value. They wouldn't have had to trade it all, and Justin Fields would have fell right into their lap. But they drafted a corner into a fairly good defensive back group, and they kept Drew Locke and traded for a non-threat QB competition guy in Teddy Bridgewater. Where you know at the very least he'll start and he'll win you some games, but you're not winning a Super Bowl or or making the playoffs or knocking off Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert right now. Um, There's been no really positive speak about Drew Locke or like anyone saying like, oh man, I'm so excited to work with this guy. He's like he's just in the lab, he's working all the time. Blah 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 blah. (laughs) They just seem really wishy-washy about what they want to do, and they haven't solved their franchise QB problem since Peyton Manning. So I'm not very excited with the Broncos did. The only way they can redeem themselves is if they use Patrick Sertain and they trade for Aaron Rodgers. But if they go into the season with Drew Locke and, and Teddy Bridgewater, huge failure in my in my eyes. That's fair. Yeah, it definitely struck me like they think they have a really good shot of getting Rodgers. They have to. I don't know what, how yeah, else they could have yeah. justified it. They yeah. have to. I mean, there might be a deal in principle that on – June first, I, I think, is is the day uh, where they can just uh, make a trade or something like that. But I, if on June second, Peyton Man or uh, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers is not on that team, they messed up. <laughs> big time. What if what if what if on May thirtieth, they're like the Packers and the Broncos are like you know, or the Packers put post a story where Aaron Rodgers is happy and him and Brian Gutekunst got lunch <laughs> and like now all of a sudden they're best friends, you know, they're they've been seen at a golf course or something. <laughs> what are the Broncos gonna do? Nothing. They didn't even trade for Jimmy G. Nothing. So dumb. Anyway. True. Among the QBs selected after the first round, 
blank has the best chance to finding success and becoming the Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. This is everybody outside the first round. So Bart, I ask you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really struggling to, to fight my homerism here. I'm not going to go with Kellen Mond of the Vikes. Can't uh, go with Book on, <laughs> on, uh, on the Saints now. I, I'm just going to go with, the, I think, probably the predictable pick, Kyle Trask. I think he's in a great situation. We know he's like a textbook backup from his, like, he has that yeah. weird thing where he yeah. went like six or seven straight seasons without <laughs> starting. Uh, so I think landing behind Brady and getting to learn from, like, you know, who's generally considered a goat is a really good situation for him. Uh, but then also just, like, looking at people's numbers. I think Kyle Trask's numbers in college are actually pretty eye-popping, which feels more like in the DAC and Russell Wilson domain. Like, Davis Mills, we mentioned him earlier. His numbers in college were pitiful. Uh, Ian mm-hmm. Books were, like, solid. He had that one really good season, but it wasn't really, like, a super consistent thing. So I just think it's Kyle Trask. Just, you know, I, yeah, he just seems like he's overall the best quarterback of the bunch. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, Aiden, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm also going with Trask. The the tutored by Tom is hard to pass up. Yeah, Davis Mills, I like. I don't know. Like he might get a shot pretty early on, and apparently he had an incredible pro day. Um, that was that was talked up. Um, you know the pro day hype. The 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 quote I saw of was of, from his own coach saying the other coaches said this was one of the best pro days they'd, they'd ever seen. It was like, okay, well, well <laughs> not not sure about that. Um, but yeah, it, like he just didn't seem particularly like experienced either he hadn't like I don't know um hadn't really consistently started or like put up big numbers um so so I don't think it's gonna be him sadly I think Ian Book fourth round is like I was really shocked by that (laughs) like did the Saints think someone else was gonna I don't know come up and grab him (laughs) I'm just kind of confused and at all like Ian Book like very very good quarterback but and Sean Payton called him scrappy two months ago so that should have been the the sign for us to uh, to know it was coming but yeah I don't I don't think it's gonna be him and Kellen Mond could could be interesting but like he's gonna be I don't know Kirk's there no one can Kellen Mond's not top eight so um so yeah I'm going right, I'm exactly. going Trask yeah as soon as he cracks yes. the top eight yeah no, we'll exactly. will... Davis Mills it's I think the NFL just fell in love with a lot of the seniors this year and the senior bowl yeah. guys and the guys that played because it was an opt-out mm-hmm. season. So I think it's just they're like, oh, we got to get Davis Mills. And he kind of just feels maybe like Brock Osweiler or the Texans organization that's just going to be falling apart. There's no way he's going to yeah. uplift them and if he, does, <laughs> if he happens to play and become like a really big thing. But yeah. I will say this. I picked Kirk Cousins. And Julio Jones to be my surprise trade people this year. Oh, true. And we are they are both in great positions to be traded. Kellen Mond might show flashes and get find his way onto the Vikings. And Julio Jones, now that Kyle Pitts is there, might be more expendable than we thought. So I just want to throw it out there that I might be onto something here. <laughs> well, I I've heard Julio trade rumors like t- very concretely. Kirk would surprise me still, but <clears throat> I mean, you're right. Let's let's say they don't start off too hot. You know, and like the Washington football team wants it back. I don't know. All right, moving on. Blank is the Notre Dame player that landed in the best situation to have an impact, either immediately or down the road. <clears throat> Lucas, I ask you. I think the answer is clearly uh, the woo, as we're calling him, Jeremiah <laughs> Wusukumaroa. I know reports came out today that apparently a bunch of teams passed him because he had a heart issue mm. that uh, came up in his physical. So, barring that being anything catastrophic, and obviously we're hoping it's not, I think he landed in a really, really good situation. Most of the articles I've seen from the Ringer from ESPN says he'll probably be featured heavily in like in their linebacker rotation, that he'll play a lot. 
Um, he went to, I think, the best team of any Notre Dame player, um, and he fills a need on that team. Um, I think the Browns are, you know, I, I know Jared, I think, is going to discuss this later, but I think they're, they're, they're borderline Super, Super Bowl contenders next year, and he's he fills up one of their few holes, and I think it's a really good situation to be in, barring he can obviously stay healthy. Also, shout-out to Liam Eichenberg. I think that that's also a really good situation. I think the Dolphins, like we've talked about, good team, rapidly improving. They're building around to uh, Notre Dame linemen. Uh, Quentin Nelson, Zach and Nick Martin, all of them have been yeah. really successful in recent years in the NFL. Um, and I think Eichenberg is the best of the Notre Dame linemen who get drafted, so if you bet on one of them to succeed, you'd probably do him. And you'd also bet on him to succeed because I moved him into his freshman year dorm, as I like to mention all the time. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think either Wu or Eichenberg, which, I mean, maybe it's a cop-out because they were the top two guys picked, but I think they both went to really good situations for them to succeed as well. Okay, I'm going Ben Skoranek to the Rams. Pick 249 mm-hmm. in the seventh round. Ra- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. That'd be pretty bold. <laughs> I also picked Wu, you know, like disrespected by the entire league. I, how is it that his tape is fun, but it doesn't translate? I don't, I don't get that at all. He was the best linebacker in college football last season, and he's got the hardware to prove it. But, like, yeah, like, like Lucas said, he's joining a legit Super Bowl contender. He's filling one of their biggest needs, too, which – I think just is going to make him more of a difference maker than the others. But I honestly, I think all the Notre Dame players ended up on like a good team and in a good spot. Like Ian Buck to the Saints is probably like one of the best situations you could have been in. Aaron Banks with the 49ers, yeah. obviously, you, like Robert Hainsey with the Bucks. Tommy Tremble is going to be Sam Darnold's new uh, favorite target uh, with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of interesting ones out there, so I'm excited to see how they how they do. By the way, Wyatt, only Alabama and Ohio State had more players drafted than Notre Dame, and only by one. Well, that's we had crazy. nine players drafted. So they're still in third. Put place. some respect on our name. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> it crazy stat that Bama has had nine or more players drafted in like seven straight drafts? Wow. I think that's what it was. I don't know. It's insanity. It's not fair. It's, it's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think he 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 has more years of somebody going in the first round than he does losses at that school. <laughs> wow. Yeah, which is which is crazy. Did they have five first round picks <laughs> yes, this they year? Five this year. Five. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. right. Wyatt, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna throw this one over to you. Blank is the college reunion that I am most excited to watch. I wanted to think of something really stupid to say here because I, I was doing a lot of digging when I came to it. I was gonna throw out Alex Leatherwood and Josh Jacobs, uh, but I'm actually just gonna go with the real answer and say Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Uh, I think they they had one of the greatest college seasons uh, two years ago, and they were one of the best prospects in their position in their respected draft so i think that they're gonna have a really good chance to continue on their connection and do good so as, as much fun as it would be to throw out something stupid it, i couldn't overpass or, or throw over somebody uh that has a legitimate chance to be great yeah. uh, i picked jalen waddle and tua because i want i want to see tua make make a, a big jump and i i think i've been saying this on the podcast i think jalen waddle is the best receiver from like these last two three drafts just when I when I watched him, like he was more unstoppable than I think Devontae Smith was. And I think Devontae Smith said this apparently on Shannon Sharp's podcast that like if if uh Jalen Waddle didn't get injured, I wouldn't have won the Heisman, basically, right? I, I yeah, I think we would have been talking about him, Jalen Waddle as a Heisman winner potentially last year. I think he, I think he's super, super special. Was 
I don't know, just unguardable. Even on a freaking broken ankle when he came back for that high State game, too. And, and I like that he came back for that. That's pretty – that shows a lot, I think. Um, Bart, I'll, I'll let you finish this one off. The team most likely to go from worst to first is blank. Uh, I'm going to go with the Falcons. I don't know if this is a super hot take. I guess the, the first question is, like, what constitutes worst? My criteria, I think, was four wins or fewer, which they had. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I think there are a few reasons. They have upgraded their coach, firstly. Uh, Dan Quinn probably could have been booted two years ago. He got booted this year. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. I think Arthur Smith is going to be good based on how well he was uh, he did in Tennessee. I've, I'm cautiously optimistic about Matt Ryan having a, a bit of a late career resurgence. <laughs> Obviously, their draft is really good. Kyle Pitts is going to make the offense even crazier. People seem to have liked their draft, especially among like the lower-tier teams. It seems like it was relatively decent. And then the biggest reason... The last year they lost eight games, or of their 12 games, excuse me, lost eight games by one possession or less. So Classic I think they're going to rest for the mean. They only had one like win like that, so maybe it just means that they suck, but I think it's going to be more normal. <laughs> yeah. I think they're going to have a big bump in their wins this season. So that's my pick. Lucas? So I was tempted by the Falcons, but I think, I don't know, I did worse the firsts from last place to first place, uh, too. So um, <laughs> in their division, um, so you know, there's usually, I think, like, in most years, one. But, so I was tempted by the Falcons. I think they'll probably finish second in that division this year, but I think the Bucks will stay in first. I was tempted to pick the Eagles just because everybody in the NFC East is so bad that it would just not surprise me at all if like the Eagles went 7-9 and nine next year, or 7-10, and 10, or 8-9, and nine, or whatever it ends up being next year and win the division. But I went with the Detroit Lions. Oh, I think whoa. this is... a especially true wrong what well, listen listen the, um, they lost a top 10 arm talent <laughs> but um if rogers leaves this is very contingent upon rogers leaving i don't know if that'll happen but if rogers leaves i think that that division is wide open and while i really like the bears moves and think they are prop might be at the top when the year ends and i'll talk about that in another segment later um this is again contingent upon rogers leaving i wouldn't be totally shocked if it were the lions they seem to have really retooled that team to just be like smash mouth, grind it out, which is just like the classic NFC North winning formula. Uh, Sewell, their first round pick, said that whenever he plays, he comes out with violent intentions, which I thought was a good quote. <laughs> wow. um, Wait, and they're the, they're, they're the ones who, whose coach said he was going to bite knees off. Right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Exactly. Like, their opponents won't they have, have knees. <laughs> they have an identity. Uh, they took two defensive tackles. Like, they really seem to have like is really improved in the trenches. Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, is going to be a really good receiver for them. Really physical, really good. Um, and so I think that if, like, if the NFC North, if Rodgers leaves next year, it's just going to be chaos. and might just come to a team that can grind out some results. And based on what the Lions have been doing, I can see them being a team who can grind out some results. So we'll see. I, I, I think the Lions are a terrible franchise. But I, I do agree that with this is that – they have drafted everybody who fits like almost exactly who they mm-hmm. want to be, you know, where they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, we're going to draft, we're going to bite your kneecaps off. We're going to smash you in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And what the, there's a one quote, I'm trying to find it right now. The one quote from the Washington defensive tackle, I think. Oh, yeah. I he saw just that is too. like, I just like effing people up. It's pretty much <laughs> what it is. Uh-huh. That's, that's pretty much exactly who they're looking for. And I, I love that they stuck to that philosophy. So good for them at least. I hope they do. They well. know who they are. I, I think they'd be they'd be a fun 
WWE type team to watch if they're actually competent. Yeah, but yeah they could be not, not holding out for it. I'm 100% rooting for them and Dan Campbell. Yeah. 100%. Can, can I just say Me one too. thing, though? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's quite wide open. Oh my! <laughs> if Rodgers leaves, if Rodgers leaves, the Vikes have the best quarterback, running back, and receiver duo in kidding. that con- in that division. Justin, so Justin Fields might already the be Vikes, better. Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? You're, you've lost your NFL discussion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You couldn't see, right. but Bart no, just took it away. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, Jared, when I'm when done. Bart posts his QB rankings, Justin Fields will be nowhere near the top eight. So just uh, watch out for that. Jared. Yeah. Will he be nine? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, eleven. <laughs> we we did this. So to finish it off, we're gonna do some bandwagons. We did this segment in our previous post draft episode, and we haven't done it in a while. I don't think. But this will give us a chance to talk about our draft highlights. Wyatt, why don't you give us um, your first bandwagon that you're jumping on or off of? I'm hopping on the bandwagon of the NFL animation team, oh which every gosh, year no. they try to put out some monstrosity to, for us to watch on their screens. <laughs> and they manage to talk themselves every single year for like the last three years. Yeah. So I'm hopping on them. And then also, if you've ever done animation for a bowling alley at any point in your life, <laughs> the NFL is looking for you. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. Oh, my gosh. Bart, what's your first bandwagon that you're jumping on or off? Uh, I'm hopping on compilations of draft calls that GMs make to players. Uh, it's just the most wholesome thing ever. I don't know if you've seen any of these. They're kind of funny because some of them are like, they're just super generic. The player's like, yeah, I'm ready to get to work. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm on day one. But like, What's wrong with that? Some are really, really <laughs> Something about the way you said that part made me laugh really hard. You just it was a good impression. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but no, there, I saw like one of like a, a player like literally breaking down and crying, which was like actually really beautiful. So it, I don't know. It's just like a cool... Uh, like ten second snippet of a player like experiencing like the most important moment of their life, maybe. So yeah. 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 Uh, shout out uh, Dalen Hayes, uh played for Notre Dame when he got drafted by the Ravens. That's a really good one. If you if you have time, watch it. Some tears. Some tears will fall. Aiden? From me too. Or from me too. <laughs> I butchered the I, I butchered the fucking slide. <laughs> Aiden? Uh, I'm uh, jumping on Kyle Shanahan's uh, like nihilism in uh in interviews we had last yeah. week before the draft. <laughs> the <laughs> Shanahan was asked if he would commit to Garoppolo being on the roster after the NFL draft, and he, and he said, "I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive on Sunday, so I can't <laughs> guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday." So that goes for all of us. <laughs> So oh my very God. dark I, moment. I Gonna change the change the, <laughs> the tone of the press conference. Um, I also love that apparently forty there are a bunch of 49ers players called him on Sunday <laughs> to tell him that they were alive. <laughs> that they were what? That they were alive. They were alive. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Oh I'm struggling. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm hoping for more of the what's the point of any of this, you know, answers. <laughs> Especially if, you know, Trey Lance doesn't go well or, In, you know, Jimmy G the, drama. Uh, yeah. The quote that Lucas gave just the other week about time. And... <laughs> oh that, that was funny. I did see that. Yeah. Lucas, ban- first bandwagon? I am hopping on naming your kid Michael Carter if you want him to play for the Jets. Aiden referenced this earlier, but there's been a lot of talk on this podcast about naming your kid Jabari if you want to make it to the NBA, but I think we're overlooking the obvious fact that if you name your kid Michael Carter, probably play for the Jets. So in the fourth round, 
The Jets selected Michael Carter, <laughs> running back from UNC, previously referenced. And in the fifth round, they selected Michael Carter II, who I like to believe is Michael Carter II because he's like the second <laughs> Michael yeah. Carter drafted yeah, by the team. Not, not that his dad was named Michael Carter, cornerback <laughs> uh, from Duke. So the clear lesson from here, if you want to make the Jets, name your kid Michael Carter. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty crazy. Some people out there think the first Michael Carter was a mistake and that they wanted Michael Carter. To- <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not, not. <laughs> That's pretty funny, too. Um, alrighty. My first bandwagon that I'm hopping on is the Cleveland Browns as a Super Bowl contender. Lucas alluded to it. I think I alluded to it as well when I talked about Woo. I mean, most draft analysts, I, I did my own like little Excel sheet on like, how did media like grade the drafts and the Cleveland Browns have the best draft according to my metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know a lot of people like their draft. Obviously they got like Jaday Van Clowney, uh, OBJ should be back and hopefully Baker is better with him than without him this time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They like addressed all their weaknesses mm-hmm. and stuff and they were a solid team and I'm excited to see what they do. I think they got, they're in the right direction and everything. And I, I'm really excited to see what they can do. Yeah. Why, how about you? What's your next bandwagon? I'm hopping on the Raiders draft strategy. We what? talked about it during the mock draft where I was like, when Lucas made the pick of Tevin Jenkins, some random obscure tackle pick, like like out of left field, love it or hate it, the Raiders are consistent and they don't, fall, they don't change their draft strategy for anyone. When it's time to draft a third round pick in the first round, they do not disappoint. And at one point or another, one of these picks are going to hit and they're going to go, I told you so, and I'm gonna be here for it. So I believe that the Raiders. I like. I like what they're doing. They believe no, in themselves. No, you don't. They <laughs> believe in themselves. I, I can get behind. Yeah. I think that there was like ESPN flashed this, and I don't know how you really calculate this because this seems kind of you know. But uh, they said that there's a 60% chance that Leatherwood would have been available when they picked again in the second round. Too, which I think is funny. Oh, wow. oh my god. <clears throat> well, they also Yikes. thought Mac Jones was going to the 49ers, so I don't know. They, they probably didn't know. Bart, next one. Uh, I am jumping vigorously and promptly <laughs> off of the bandwagon of Roger Goodell as a public speaker. Oh, my what? goodness. You were Dude, on that bandwagon? <laughs> <laughs> the NFL is because they keep having him announce I know. things. I, I don't know. know. Okay. The reason who, the, who else are they supposed to get? Literally anybody else. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hire they have DJ replacements do some picks else, it's always yeah. better no it's always no better. no the re- go, you, not you always better thought, i'm gonna push back on you go ahead okay <laughs> it's almost always better now all i'm gonna say is he was not chosen as commissioner for his charisma uh-huh. he never says anything with like any energy i mean i know, I know he's done numerous drafts before but it's like just try to yeah i don't know he just doesn't come across as though he's super interested in much of what he's saying on the podium which i feel like is weird for the commissioner uh well i think part of the the good tradition of the nfl draft is that you get to boo the commissioner and i think everyone gets to go out there he mm. likes it he was he does like it he does <laughs> it uh, when david stern was a commissioner of the nba he would come up there and they would smile they it's part of it people i don't think people actually hate roger goodell that much to where they have to boo him every single time they don't but yeah. When the guest speakers come on there, I feel like I'm just I'm done with the NFL draft. Listen to them ramble and scream about their team and like go yeah. Cowboys, go go Atlanta Falcons, whatever. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so nervous. I mean, come on, like no, because the guys, so they actually have some passion for it. No, like, but they don't need to rant. Like at least Roger Goodell isn't going out there and puffing up his chest about everything. Oh my god, he he does it and he's efficient with it. And he just that's all I want to hear is him go. 
this team selects this player. And that's it. They don't need, I don't need to hear anything else. Honestly, it's easy. You just, you just yeah. let's hear no. it if it's gonna I don't like yeah. it. Bart, when it, Bart, are you saying that Roger Goodell isn't automated? That's interesting. He's a robot. Uh, but when I, when I, I'm pretty sure. When the guest speakers come onto the draft, I'm like, I'm just going to look on Twitter and see who they get drafted by. Oh my you know. gosh. It does make every pick like really long to read, oh, or like yeah. it like it was like a minute and a half before they actually said it. I'm like, come on. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Aiden, what's your next bandwagon? Uh, I'm going with uh, Jeopardy and Aaron Rodgers jokes slash uh, rumors in general. As soon as the Aaron Rodgers you know rumors came out, obviously all the Twitter was full of uh, Jeopardy jokes of his future being in Jeopardy. And like sign and trade deals <laughs> with Jeopardy, but honestly, I do think that the ideal like timeline for us is for like the Packers not to deal Aaron Rodgers and for him to hold out next season and just host Jeopardy instead. <laughs> and just be like, hey, I'm fine, I'm good on my own. That's that's what I'm rooting for. Um, so sorry, Broncos, but yeah. that would be awesome. If that happened actually. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Lucas, what's your next one? Um, I'm hopping off, not not quite as vigorously as Bart, but I'm hopping off <laughs> the ESPN. As promptly. <laughs> as promptly, but not as vigorously. Uh, um, on the on whoever the man, woman, or child was that was running the ESPN Chiron. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like you know the words they flashed upon the screen. Um, because they ruined the Mac Jones. Pick. Yeah, like they really. <clears throat> bleeped jared you can put in a nice little bleep sound there <laughs> up like when first they're like oh it's the jets pick and then it was like the pick is on the, the the pick is made and it's in the jets and they're like wait no we messed it up and so they put the jets back on the clock instead of switching it to the patriots and then finally and then they flashed on the screen the new york jets select mac jones then i'm like hmm. and then after that <laughs> they finally erased all that off the screen Green and put the Patriots were on the board, like, image, oh, and then no. you eventually got it. But to add to that, ESPN also, I think it was the only time that I was watching, which they ruined a pick. They showed Mac Jones getting the call during, as that, like, as the nightmare <laughs> of whatever was going on with, like, Iron <laughs> going on, too. So, the Mac Jones pick and ESPN's production of it, zero Lucas, Lucas, some eight-year-old out there is really sad now. <laughs> you <laughs> told him he did, a, he did a bad job. <laughs> He's got to go back to making bowling alley graphics. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I appreciate you introducing me to the word Chiron. Yeah. I, I know. I've same. Same. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. So my next bandwagon that I'm jumping off actually is the Dallas Cowboys draft day strategy. I was not a, a huge fan of the Micah Parsons pick, to be honest. Uh, they're already paying a bunch of money to the linebacker position, like, uh, what, what's his name? Jalen Smith is getting paid like $11 million a year already. And I feel like that's the one position, position they didn't need on defense. I don't know. I feel like Rashawn Slater was still might have been a better pick because the Cowboys O-line was atrocious and they were hurt. Like two of their linemen missed 14-plus games. I don't know who else they would have drafted like defensively other than Micah Parsons. Like He was probably the best player available well, outside of Slater, but I don't know. I, I'm a, I mean, we'll see how Dan Quinn does. I guess apparently everybody's saying he's He's great with linebackers and everything, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll Apparently see. Apparently, the Bears called the, the Cowboys as well to, to offer a first round pick to move up. But oh wow, uh, that's that's what I think I read. Who knows how true that is? Yeah. But yeah. all right, why why don't you give us your last two bandwagons? <clears throat> 
All right, I'm hopping on the NFL Adam Sandler team building method. Because uh, what? Yeah, which, trust me, this is a long one. So <laughs> we all know that Adam Sandler like makes movies so that he and his friends can go hang out and do vacation. Because every time you watch an Adam Sandler movie, you're like, oh my god, there's Kevin James, oh there's David Spade, there's Chris Rock. Like they're all in the same movie like all the time. They're just kind of like it's so grown ups is, is they make the same movie. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the teams we had reunions this year. They're kind of doing a lot of the same thing. And I'm picking out Urban Meyer specifically, who has yeah. uh, his former Ohio State running back Carlos Hyde on the team. He he's trying out his former QB Tim Tebow to work out at the t- tight end <laughs> position. He drafted Trevor Lawrence and he let said, Trevor go ahead and you bring a friend as well. And they drafted Travis Etienne. <laughs> so everybody knows everybody in that organization. And I feel like that's their the new team building method going forward is that Adam Sandler got into the ears and everyone goes, let's just draft our friends. And now <laughs> and I'm hopping off the you thought crew because uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pull back the curtains a little bit for our listeners. I do all the graphics for our social media page. And uh, somehow, some way, they, they fit Jeremiah Owusu Kimura, and I had to find a way to fit his name onto the mock draft graphic <laughs> just for him to slip out of the first round in time. Oh my God. So, I didn't know about the heart condition. I, I'm, I'm, off, I'm off the entire No group. one did. Everybody would have put him in there. I know, I know you guys would have found a way to put him in there. But I had to, yeah, I had to find fair. a way to that's get fair. his name to fit on that graphic, and I'm... Now, it was the hardest part about doing it. So, I'm off. I mean, we, we tried we to find a way to get Ian Book in there, too. Yeah. Samuel Jr., who I said was a bad pick, who slept anyway. So. Uh, All right, Bart, give us your last two. Uh, so my Vikings homerism is turning back up. I have to shout out Rick Spielman, NFL Trap Trade Guru, trademark sign, because if I'm not mistaken, he has never traded up in the NFL draft. He always trades back. And what does he do? He always gets his guy anyway. They traded back from 14. Uh, they ended up getting Christian Derrissaw anyway, who, they, who people probably would have been happy with at 14. Yeah. You queued a couple extra picks for that. Rick Spoon does this every year, so I love that. And then lastly, I'm just I'm jumping off. Like This isn't even really a bandwagon, but like COVID slash specifically Caleb Farley being all alone. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw weird. this. The I Titans did see picked that. him. Every other player was like with their family, but he had to quarantine. So he was all alone, like looking miserable. I was like, "What is going on?" Oh, uh, it was. He had, to, really he had to quarantine. Why did he have to quarantine? Did... I think because he tested positive. Oh, that sucks. Like oh, literally really the was. worst timing, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought that was just like tragic. That but was... on this big day, he had to be all alone, just in a room. Yeah. yeah. I did yeah. see that. I was like, "What is going on with this guy?" Oh, he's, buddy. He's just by himself. Yeah. And he was just like nodding he's... and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. Aiden. He's also still trying to get over Lucas passing on him. <laughs> people are saying the Chargers had one of the best drafts, and guess who they yeah. took? Asante. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, but he has, he has a value pick. He has a value pick. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm I'm getting off um, taking running backs in the first round. I don't think this is really an unpopular opinion, and I think Lucas was talking about it earlier. Uh, but the, especially the two running backs that were taken, Travis Etienne and uh, Nachi Harris, both have a lot of mileage on them, and it just makes me worried. Like, like I'm pretty sure Travis started, like, all four years or, like, had significant carries all four years. Um, and I feel like with running backs, you get, like, a good four or five years at this point out of them, like, at best, and there's going to be some injuries scattered within there. I think it's better to just wait. There are plenty of, like, examples of, of good late-round running backs um, I think the, the one to watch out for from this year is Javante Williams, the other North Carolina running back mm. who last year had the highest broken tackle rate that PFF had ever seen. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, he was drafted in the second round. I forget who got him, but um, watch out for the 
the UNC running backs. Um, the bandwagon I'm getting on is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because uh, not only did they draft a potential successor to Tom Brady and Kyle Trask, um, but currently they are not an only child. They don't have the sole attention of their parents, the Glazer family. Um, hmm. and, That's true. And, and, and soon enough, um, it seems like the Glazers will have to or will likely get rid of Manchester United or be, you know, have angry fans riot until they do. Um, in which case, you know, they'll have all the money and attention uh, from the Glazers that they could ever possibly need. And I, I think that'll benefit the Buccaneers. So I'm, Wait, I'm this, it's the same. Own, the yeah. Bucks and the Manchester United owners are the same people? Yep. yep. Wow. Did you see what happened yeah. with the Manchester United? Yeah, yeah. I, I meant to put that in the news roundup. Yeah, they stormed yeah. the field. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, and they had to cancel the game against Liverpool. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, the guy, like... Yeah, years ago, Lucas, right? He he like forced out the other Manchester United owners. Yeah, yeah. Technically, it's like a hostile takeover. It's it's something weird in which they've never put like a single dollar into the club. I don't like get the exact finances of it, but like it's something like they took it over using like some. I don't know. I don't know. It's it seemed like they like took out a ton of loans to afford the team, and at some point, like (laughs) the yeah, the fans are worried about that aspect along with the you know yeah, and it's like they're using team revenue to pay back the loans, and the loans are all out in the team's name. So it's like this weird. Anyway, you know, not good. Lucas, what are your two last two bandwagons? Uh, first one is a more serious one. I'm hopping on the Bears as NFC North contenders. I mentioned this earlier. Um, that I really like what the Bears are doing, especially if Aaron Rodgers leaves. Um, Bears were already a playoff team last year. They plugged some of their biggest holes in QB and our line. I like Justin Fields a lot. I like. I'm kind of on Jared. Where like I didn't. I don't like Ohio State in college, but like I like Justin Fields. Um, plus, guess who else they they drafted to fill up their O line? Tevin Jenkins. Oh, of my Raiders pick, fam fame so i think like they had such a good defense last year and if their offense was even like serviceable i think they would have been like 10 and 6 last year um and i think they made their offense serviceable so i think <laughs> next year 11 and 6 10 and 7 they'll be competing for the nfc north um and then i'm off the hats they gave to the draft this year bandwagon i thought they were really ugly like i just like the the the, the, the city name was really big you like, it, it wasn't even really distinguishable that they were, like, football hats because there was no logo anywhere. <laughs> they, like, it, the city name was really big and the team name was small. I just, mm. it wasn't my favorite choice. Mm. I don't like hats in general as a fashion choice, but uh, my last two bandwagons, uh, I'm, I'm jumping on the Eagles and Bears, kind of similar to, to Lucas. Eagles and Bears front office redeeming themselves from bad picks previously. Everyone's been saying this, but honestly, as long as Justin Fields hits, this draft was a complete success. It doesn't matter if the the seven people never, the seven other people or whatever the heck never never play. If Justin Fields wins, then they're a complete success. And they like, right? They drafted the guy that they passed on in 2017. Like they passed on the Patrick Mahomes like type player, and now they got him kind of this time. I think. And the Eagles redeemed themselves from the Jalen Rigor pick from last year by actually picking like one of the one of the best wide receivers in a while, Devontae Smith. So, no, what I think that that was stupid because they traded back to twelve and then they traded back up. And Lucas, I know you're probably happy, but you know what? I'm mad about this draft because the two because guys the I liked, Giants missed it. Yeah, because the two guys I liked the most, Devontae Smith and Micah Parsons, went to the two teams within the division that I didn't <laughs> want them to go to. So 
I'm angry. Well, you know what? The, the Giants should have done some more trades to avoid that. I know. Yeah. Well, you know what? We have a first round pick next year, so an extra one. <laughs> Which, by the way, huge theory, early theory. We got that first round pick in case Daniel Jones doesn't pan out and we can trade up into the top five. So mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. it is. So I'll leave we that as... Class. Uh, yeah. In case, yeah. I'll leave I got one more, one more bandwagon oh. real quick. I'm jumping off the Justin Fields, Baker Mayfield commercial about the second day of the draft. Do you guys remember that? They had that commercial where Baker Mayfield was like, something like, Justin Fields, like, don't listen to the haters or whatever. And then after that, it was like, dra- uh, day two of the draft tomorrow. And it was like, are they trying to tell me that Justin Fields is going to go in day two of the draft? That just was like weird for them to, to juxtapose to juxtapose the day two of the draft title card when talking about Justin Fields. I thought that was a really poor choice. Mm. Jumping off that bandwagon. Did not see that commercial at all. Well, <laughs> you didn't see that? <laughs> no, I didn't see it. I think you, te- I think you texted me. I, I you saw it, you I saw it but I just thought it was, it. yeah. I thought it was really Yeah, weird. I guess I didn't, yeah. I didn't take it as like, because I thought Justin Fields was already drafted at that point. I thought when I saw it, I'm pretty sure. And so right, I was so like, they even oh, like, there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think it was intended to say, like, oh, he's still going to be there on day two. I thought it was just like an NFL draft commercial. But the maybe. Juxtaposition is weird, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to end the show there. Um, again, if you're working for an NFL or a bowling alley, reach out to the NFL because they're going to need you around, around this time next year. So. Uh, thank you for listening. Go ahead and subscribe again, like Jared said, to our Apple Podcast and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And let us know how good or bad we did on our uh, episode today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>